Many times in Scripture, God's Word refers to the importance and significance of childbirth. When looking at prophetic Scripture, travailing and childbirthing events commonly take on particular meaning for the purposes of understanding the end times. God's children who are birthed in the last days become those who are immersed in the ongoing kingdom war. In fact, childbirth or seed-related events are bookends to the spiritual kingdom war that I described in my last two passages. To begin, as a result of sin in the garden, God told the serpent, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel, Gen 3:15. This is the beginning of the kingdom war, simply put, God's people versus Satan's people. In the tribulation period, in the book of Revelation revealing Jesus Christ, the woman gives birth to the man-child, Jesus, ch. 12. The birth triggers a response by the dragon to come after the man-child, the woman and her remnant. Jesus is caught up to his throne before he eventually returns to claim victory in the kingdom war. The woman is taken to a safe place in hiding until then. Just as his original physical birth to Mary, might Jesus' rebirth in the book of Revelation also be considered the answer to prophetic prayers of those recorded in ancient times scripture by the likes of Hannah, mother of the prophet Samuel, and in Jesus' time by Elizabeth and Zacharias, mother and father of John the Baptist, respectively, all of whom endured assaults by the enemy in the kingdom war. Both of these holy mothers, Hannah and Elizabeth, were formerly barren and had prayed for children. Meanwhile, Mary and Zacharias during this time both prayed for God to exalt the humble and to put down the rich, their oppressive enemies, in another reference to the ongoing kingdom war and in their anticipation of a coming Savior. Mary prophetically prayed during her pregnancy, My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, He has shown strength with His arm, He has scattered the proud, He has put down the mighty, Luke 1 51 51-52. During pregnancy events, Hannah and Zacharias also, respectively, prayed for the coming future king of Israel, i.e. the horn, to effectively save them from their enemies. We see this in Scripture as follows. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces, out of heaven shall he thunder upon them, the Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king, and exalt the horn of his anointed. 1 Sam 2:10. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Luke 1 68-69. Jesus Christ will ultimately return again to destroy Satan, the dragon serpent, and his entire worldwide Antichrist Chaldean world system. In doing so, he will save his sheep those who repent and call upon his name in effect answering the ancient prophetic prayers of Hannah and Zacharias above. Introduction to this passage. In this passage I will discuss more about the prophetic implications of childbirthings in the last days, particularly the birthing of God's holy, royal remnant of Israel. The overriding background and context for this topic has just been alluded to above, that is, there are evil, antichrist forces working overtime in these last days to prevent God's holy family from being birthed and established. So, the kingdom war continues. Important personas pertaining to the prophetic, last days childbirthing of Israel's children will be addressed in my next two passages. Meanwhile, the following are the most significant player segments that emerge as part of this process. The Daughter of Zion Holy, Royal Seed Remnant, including Jesus Himself. In this passage Part 1, I will discuss each of these player segments. In Part 2 to follow, I will further address the significance of travails and pains in the birthing process of Israel's children, especially as these relate to the timing and sequence of major prophetic events in these last days. The Daughter of Zion The last, who will then be first, in the line of biblical holy mothers in Israel is the daughter of Zion. She will be the mother of the reborn nation of Israel. It is logical to deduce, see my prior passages on the daughter of Zion, 
that the daughter of Zion, an actual biblical figure living in these last days, is the woman in Revelation 12 who gives birth to Jesus. The daughter of Zion gives birth to several individual children in the last days while in tremendous travail. I have previously discussed on this site how her travails and birth pains are linked to significant world events. Recall that the daughter of Zion herself is part of the end times due to remnant who are taken captive and heavily persecuted in Babylon U.S. So, this is an amazing, real-life event of the daughter of Zion eventually giving birth and revealing, in some form, Jesus the man-child Messiah. Similar to Mary, Hannah and John the Baptist's parents above, the daughter of Zion does this in the midst of the last day's spiritual war and storm that abounds. Just as with all of the aforementioned holy parents, the daughter of Zion will find herself holding out in the midst of persecution for a savior and a king. Scriptures that show just the beginning of several spiritual, holy birthings and her extreme travail include. For I have heard a voice as of a woman in travail, and the anguish as of her that bringeth forth her first child, the voice of the daughter of Zion, that bewaileth herself, that spreadeth her hands, saying, Woe is me now! For my soul is wearied because of murderers. Jer 431. Now why dost thou cry out aloud? Is there no king in thee? Is thy counselor perished? For pangs have taken thee as a woman in travail. Mike 4-9. Ultimately, the daughter of Zion has to be taken to safety after travailing to give a final birth to Jesus in Revelation, chapter 12. This same travail and grief that grips her is also experienced by her other spiritual family sons and daughters, i.e. daughters of Jerusalem, who are spiritually birthed in last days perilous times. So, the daughter of Zion is a type of Eve who is experiencing firsthand the fulfillment of God's plan from the beginning. As a result of Eve's transgression, God said to her, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception, in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. Gen 3:16. Barren and desolate, then blessed. The daughter of Zion represents and fulfills the pattern of many mothers of the nation of Israel who have gone before her. We are told in Scripture that she is barren, and it is possible that she could be advanced in years. Recall that Sarah, the wife of Abraham, and the wives of Isaac, Leah, and Rebekah, were also all barren prior to God Himself intervening. The lesson and pattern in the case of Israel's chosen mothers is that they may begin barren but they are ultimately blessed. In Jesus' day, Elizabeth, mother of John the Baptist, had been barren but then once she conceived she acknowledged in her prayer, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein He looked on me, to take away my reproach among men. Luke 1 Then Mary, the virgin who supernaturally conceived Jesus, recognized, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden, for, behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, Luke 1 The last day's daughter of Zion appears to be a fascinating compilation of many former mothers of the nation of Israel. On cue, she will find that her barrenness eventually turns into incredible joy in bringing forth the last day's millennial kingdom's children of Israel. She will even bring forth nations of Gentiles according to Scripture in the book of Isaiah. Notice the similarities in the following scriptures of what God promised to the first mother of his people, Sarah, wife of Abraham, and then subsequently to the daughter of Zion, respectively. And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her, yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of people shall be of her. Gen 17:16. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Is 54-1. The daughter of Zion is highly favored by God and eventually becomes a queen mother to an entire heavenly millennial kingdom of children. I will discuss the birthing of the larger remnant in part 2. The birth of holy, 
Royal Seed Jesus Christ the Firstborn of the Kingdom. Before I address events surrounding the last days birthing of the children of Israel further in part 2 of this series, the greatest and most significant news by far is that the daughter of Zion gives rebirth to Jesus Christ Himself. She is the mother of Jesus, who is born as a man-child, Rev 12, and is then caught up to His throne. This is the end times rebirth of Jesus. The following scripture in Isaiah, while certainly referring to Jesus' first physical birth, also has meaning for His end times rebirth. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon His shoulder, and His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Is 9-6. You can see how this prophetic scripture was not entirely fulfilled at the time of Jesus' first in-person birth, life and death on earth. There is clear indication in this line of scripture that Jesus must still return to set up His kingdom for this to be fulfilled, as well as to fulfill that which we are told in the very next verse in Isaiah. Of the increase of His government and peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David, and upon His kingdom, to order it, and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Is 9-7. This is consistent with the Revelation 12 story, mentioned at the beginning of this passage, and the interpretation that Bible prophecy experts give, which is that it is Jesus who is the man-child born with an iron rod to rule the nations. And Jesus is caught up, appearing to represent the day He spoke of Himself in Luke, 5:32, when He foretold of a day when He, the bridegroom, would be taken away. Of course, the good news is that He returns with the same rod in coming to establish His millennial kingdom reign on earth, Rev 19:15. Jesus certainly appears to be the last individual, holy child born, in sequence, to the daughter of Zion in the last days. Recall that his birth is in the middle of the tribulation period with at least a time, times and half a time, i.e. three and one-half years, remaining. Upon his birth, the daughter of Zion and her remnant are immediately pursued by Satan and forced to scatter. Here, it is helpful to remember the principle of the last shall be first, again, here, in sequence, in interpretation, not only for the daughter of Zion's holy remnant as a whole, which is likely the reigning house of David in the coming kingdom, but also as it applies to Jesus. In Jesus' own words He refers to Himself several times, as both the Alpha and Omega. He reminds us about this in the book of Revelation. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Rev 1-8. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Rev 22:13. So, Jesus is the last, in sequence, of the holy remnant of individuals who are born. But we know that Jesus was the firstborn when He came to the earth the first time. He was firstborn among His own brothers, in His own family, and He is also declared as the firstborn of the kingdom. The following verses spoken by the Apostle Paul establish Jesus Christ as the firstborn of the kingdom. And again, when He bringeth in the firstbegotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. H.E.B. 1-6. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Rom 8:29. Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created, that are in heaven, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, or dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by Him, and for Him, and He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. Call 115-17. Jesus is considered first of the brethren, before all things, and by Him all things consist. Call 117. Christ is God. In His physical death on earth, 
we are told that He then brought many sons to glory, HEB 2:10. In fact, Jesus referred to His disciples as friends. The Apostle Paul says that among those who Jesus sanctifies, He is not ashamed to call them brethren. The implication, along with Scripture elsewhere in God's Word, tells us that Jesus will have siblings in His heavenly kingdom. Speaking of brothers, the last ones to be birthed, just prior to His own rebirth described above, are likely the sons, stars, surrounding the daughter of Zion, Rev 12. To circle back around to the daughter of Zion, who gives the man-child Jesus' final birth, we recall that God is her Creator, who tells her, You are engraved on the palms of my hands, is 49:16, And the one who she gives spiritual birth to Jesus is her husband. She is told, Your Maker is your husband, is 54-5. You can see here that the daughter of Zion is a type of Eve in the end times. She is both created by God, and then in turn she gives birth to God's children, including Jesus. Together, Jesus, the daughter of Zion, and the holy remnant are millennial kingdom king, queen, and royal family, respectively. The holy, royal children in the family are a large part of that which I will address in part 2. Birth of a holy, royal seed remnant end times Jacob dash the firstborn of the nation of Israel. Just as the daughter of Zion is a mother type to Jesus, end times Jacob is a father type to him. Jacob is a patriarch leader of the Judah remnant who goes on to being a prince in the millennial kingdom. The following scriptures appear to prophetically apply to end times Jacob as a father figure to the Messiah. I shall see him, but not now, I shall behold him, but not nigh, there shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheph. Num 24:17. Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travail with child? Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins, as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness? Jer 30-6. If end times Jacob is a symbolic father type to Jesus, the man-child born supernaturally to the daughter of Zion in the book of Revelation, ch. 12, then think of the parallels to Joseph and Mary, Jesus' original earthly father and mother. Joseph and Mary kept secret Mary's holy, supernatural pregnancy. Once Jesus was born, they had to flee from Herod. Would Jacob and the daughter of Zion in the end times have an understanding of the upcoming end times birth of Christ and feel a need to conceal it? Might they need to flee once he is born? To at least address the latter question, the second scripture above is the sign of the beginning of Jacob's trouble, which he and the daughter of Zion both held as captives in Babylon U.S., appear to be delivered out of and are forced to flee, or at least chased into hiding in the wilderness at this time. In addition, like the daughter of Zion as described in the section above, Jacob is also a father to a remnant of Israel's children that are attributed or born to him. It appears that his children the remnant birthed to him as a patriarch of the nation of Israel can likely be considered to be the same as those of the daughter of Zion. As is the case for the daughter of Zion, there are many scriptures about a holy, royal family for Jacob, with one being God's promise to the original Jacob, via his forefathers Abraham and Isaac. This is the first scripture below, followed by God's direct promise to end times Jacob. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply, a nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. Gen 35:11. But when he sees his children, the work of my hands, in the midst of him, they shall sanctify my name, and sanctify the Holy One of Jacob, and shall fear the God of Israel. Is 29:23. And times Jacob's purpose as God's end time servant, as we know, is to bring light and truth to his people, to be an intercessor for them, and to liberate them. He then raises up the tribes of Israel and becomes a vessel through which God calls his remnant to return. So, he rebirths God's people, Israel, spiritually speaking. End times Jacob's own birthing. 
Now that we know about end times Jacob as a father figure to the coming, newly birthed Israel, do we know anything about Jacob's own birth? We are told in Scripture that Jacob is a part of the holy, royal end times Judah remnant. He comes out of the waters of Judah, is 48 to 1. Given this, it would stand to reason that he would be born spiritually as a prince into the house of David, via the daughter of Zion. It also stands to reason that end times Jacob would be the daughter of Zion's firstborn, in sequence. This appears to be the case for several reasons, Jacob is a leader of the last days Jacob army Judah remnant that raises the warning to the rest of the world about the Antichrist Chaldeans, Jacob is a father figure to other sons of Israel who are spiritually born throughout the end times, and finally, Jacob, Israel, is called God's firstborn in the old scripture. In God's people's pre-Exodus situation of captivity in Egypt a prophetic picture of God's people's captivity in last days Babylon God instructs Moses to tell Pharaoh. Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn, and I say unto thee, let me son go, that he may serve me. X 422 22-23. So, God calls Israel, prophetically represented by Jacob in these end times, his firstborn. As we will see in part 2, being birthed or brought forth can sometimes symbolically mean being delivered out of captivity. And we have also seen, and will again, that travailing many times is a sign of troubled times, even for an entire nation. Scripture says that both Jacob and daughter of Zion will be delivered out of their captivity in these troubled times. This will be similar to a deliverance, of at least an initial remnant, of God's people from their captivity and persecution in ancient Egypt. At this time when Jacob is initially delivered appears to be the beginning of the tribulation period. This is a time when world leaders will be saying peace but there will be no peace. And it will be the time at which God begins to bring about His punishment in order to destroy Jacob's and the daughter of Zion's enemies. The following scripture, used earlier in this passage, describes this time of coming war when the daughter of Zion is in anguish and in travail to give birth to her first child. For I have heard a voice as of a woman in travail, and the anguish as of her that bringeth forth her first child, the voice of the daughter of Zion, that bewaileth herself, that spreadeth her hands, saying, Woe is me now! For my soul is wearied because of murderers. Jer 431. This appears to represent the timing of the birth of end times Jacob. The wars that will begin are those that I have addressed in previous passages on this site pertaining especially to the United States, Babylon, and to the country of Israel. Jacob's spiritual birth largely unknown to the world? Prior to or alongside his own spiritual birthing, or being brought forth, we know from prior studies on this site that Jacob is held captive and persecuted in Babylon. We are also told in Scripture that God keeps Jacob hidden, is 49-2-3, for a time. Jacob's eventual birthing described above happens during a tumultuous time in these last days. Like Jesus' end times birth described earlier, Jacob's birth may only be known to very few. This is due to Antichrist Chaldean rulers who control news and messaging in our society and have always prevented this type of information about God's people from being discussed, even from church pulpits in the U.S. Babylon. Their goal is to have the world prepared to accept the Antichrist and his world government. Jacob's Spiritual Birthing Although Jacob's own end-time spiritual birthing may be unknown at the time it happens, it is still certain, and there is much scriptural evidence to support this. There are quite a few scriptures which speak to this event. To begin, we know from prior passages that the prophet Jeremiah can be considered as a type or picture of end-times Jacob, and also representative of the end-times righteous Judah remnant, which is spared but taken and held in Babylon U.S. Prior to Exodus. In his day, prior to God's judgment on Judah, country of Israel, at the hands of Babylon, Jeremiah lamented his predicament as a righteous, God-anointed messenger stating his opposition to the corrupt rulers of Judah. This is exactly last day's Jacob's predicament. 
and Jeremiah's lament in his own time, is ch. 15 he says. Woe is me, my mother, that thou hast borne me a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth. I have neither lent on usury, nor men have lent to me on usury, yet every one of them doth curse me. Jer 15:10. Here, Jeremiah is referring to being birthed, spiritually speaking, and being assaulted for his righteous, God-inspired opposition. In unison, God speaks to him in a prophetic context, assuring Jeremiah that it will be well with him and his remnant in the time of evil and time of affliction, Jer 15:11. God also reassures Jeremiah about the final prophetic day of deliverance when the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth, Jer 16:19. Jeremiah sure appears to be a type and foreshadow of last days Jacob here. Additionally, end times Jacob is many times addressed directly in Scripture by God Himself. God births Jacob for His own purpose, telling him how he is called with the particular purpose of re-establishing the nation and people of Israel. God refers directly to Jacob as, my servant, my elect, and my called. The following scriptures further demonstrate that Jacob is spiritually birthed as an end-time servant of God. Behold, I have put my spirit on him. Is 42-1. I have called thee by name, thou art mine. Is 43-1. Jacob, whom I have chosen thus saith the Lord that made thee from the womb, which will help thee. Is 44-2. He that gives breath unto the people, I the Lord have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. Is 42-5-6. Consider end times Jacob's spiritual birth, which is transformation, along with his spiritual family discussed above. Then, and in further consideration between the earthly and heavenly, consider Jesus' words in response to his being made aware that his earthly family was standing beside him in his day. Jesus said. Who is my mother? And who are my brethren? For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother, and sister, and mother. Matt 12 50. Jacob is clearly an end-time servant who is birthed to do the will of Jesus and the Father. Jesus will be surrounded in his kingdom with those fellow servants he calls his brothers. Tilda. This key distinguishing factors of, and events surrounding, the birthing of the end times holy children of Israel i.e. those who are spiritually born will be addressed further in part 2. Grace and Peace. Lion's Lair, LL.